0: And that is the checklist that we provide to our VA. They have to fill it out at the end of the week. And then um, if they came across any roadblocks, like that's part of the description of the task too. Like, please let us know if you had any difficulties. Please let us know what didn't work this week. Please let us know what held you up. Um, or let us know what worked really well. So we get weekly feedback. Oh, scared me there is chaos in my house that that was the puppy she was trying to play with the cat and oh, it's the
1: cat again it was the cat that, last week yes yeah, she
0: got scared so oh, poor baby cats are so scary yeah sorry about that she just yeah she so we got a puppy <laughs> yeah just to completely segue at like let's make a hard left turn here
1: you are listening to the We Are Not Safe for Work podcast. Your hosts, Renee and Nadja, will dive into all the different reasons why some entrepreneurs become unemployable.
0: Okay, we're live. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, welcome, back, Renee? <laughs> What's that? Welcome back, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. How the hell are you doing? Awesome. How about you?
1: Um, I live in Texas, as you do. And um, oh. so it is outrageously hot. Let's we'll see what mm-hmm. what is the weather right now. See, it's only ninety six right now.
0: Only ninety six. Oh yeah, no, you're right. It is. It is only ninety one in Houston right now. And what's the feels like temperature? It's taking a second to load. That's wow. great. So, mm-hmm. story of my actually, life, right?
1: It's actually hotter up here. Like oh, it feels degrees.
0: it feels like one oh six. It's ninety three degrees, and it feels like one oh six. That's crazy,
1: because here it's ninety six degrees and it feels like one oh two. So you your feels like is what's your humidity?
0: Uh, fifty seven percent.
1: Say forty five percent here.
0: This is enthralling. Just, just um, start.
1: <laughs> yeah, my high is one oh five. I'm sure it'll get there. This is yeah. Terrible. Our high
0: our high is only 102. So but but it's that humidity. So right, even even though the temperature itself is not that high because of the increased humidity, the feels like temperature. That's why there's such a big difference between the actual and the feels like temperature because oh, yeah. that humidity is what changes it for us.
1: So your miserable rating is higher than mine. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my temperature is higher than yours. <laughs> yeah, your miserable rating
0: is higher. Okay, all right. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna call it that from now on because that is so accurate.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Andy is in Florida, and she's loving the weather. She said it's so nice there. The in the, Florida? I know. I'm like, what are you talking about? And and yeah, it's like 86 degrees.
0: And it feels
1: like is like eighty-six degrees.
0: Interesting.
1: It's so it's so much cooler there and it's been raining that she hasn't been able to swim because the water's too cold.
0: Interesting. Because I feel like Florida and Texas, or a, yeah. at least, you know parts of Florida and parts of Texas are very similar in terms of weather. Right. And and all all its other craziness. We're not gonna go into that right now, but in that, terms of weather we've covered that yeah. 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 In terms of weather, I've always felt like they they almost mirror each other. But I I mean that's really fascinating that right now it's so much cooler because that sounds more like California temperatures, you know?
1: Oh I know. It's it's really kind of weird, honestly. Um
0: I am jealous. Tell Andy that she needs to bring some of that weather back home to us.
1: Oh, I know. Listen, I don't think she's coming home. You've lost, lost her wife. to Florida. <laughs> yeah, because it's just incredible. She sent me a picture a minute ago, and she's she's walking, and um, it's just amazing. And there's trees oh. everywhere. So, yeah, she, that her helps, too. Lives. Yeah, because her sister lives close to the villages, um, which is in central Florida. Oh, you don't know about the villages?
0: I so. have no idea about the villages. Do I need to look it up? I'm going to go Google it right now. The village.
1: Yes. The villages in Florida, they're a retirement town. So that's not where her sister lives. Her sister lives in Summerfield, which is right next to it. But um, the villages are this really cool. It's a, it's a literally, apparently you have to be a certain age to live there. And they have like a little town square and they ride goat, they've got go karts, golf carts everywhere. And every day they have, at the little town square, they have music. Live music. What? Yes, it's like the best
0: thing ever. Um, so it's like a little a little cult community. <laughs> a cult retirement community, yeah. Or cult retirement. Well, I'm looking at these aerial pictures of the community. They, it looks super cute, but it's very like... Um, did you watch that movie... Um, Oh, what is it called? Was it like "Don't worry, darling"? Or it, it's a, it's got a very like '50s vibe to it. Oh,
1: like the Stepford Wives? I, I didn't yeah, very it, But Stepford I think I saw vibes. an ad for it.
0: Yeah, so yeah. that's that's what it reminds me of. Just looking at these pictures, I'm like, "Ooh, it looks so cute," but also a little ominous because this is how horror movies start. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, it's a fun place to go visit and hang out because that's there's it's nothing but older people and they have really great restaurants and everybody's driving their golf cart and okay maybe it is a
0: little stepford yeah yeah it's a little stepford but like in in a very quaint and happy way
1: yeah it reminds me of like a really quaint happy um gated
0: community that has everything in it all right all right yeah yeah. Well, now that so no. we've already segued like completely. <laughs> oh yeah, we've gone to the weather.
1: Well, we're we're um listen to us because oh,
0: oh my gosh, I like my ADD is it, it's in high gear today because I'm so tired. Uh-huh. And when I get tired, I cannot rein in my thoughts. They just squirrel everywhere. The yes, but so what? El- what else is squirreling? Um, <laughs> I don't know, just all the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, though, um, I I have been on the edge of my seat since you talked about your cliffhanger ending mm-hmm. from the last episode. And mm-hmm. so I've been dying to know what that is, like the the nosy... Naja, <laughs> the nosy Naja, yeah. has been like, don't text her asking what it is. Don't text her asking what it is.
1: Well, and it's funny you say that because I was going to bring that up. When we have things like, I didn't, I waited forever to hear about her Naja's trip to California. <laughs> when we have things that we're going to talk about on the show, we don't pre-talk. Um, it's so hard, sucks. though. It sucks because normally we do. And so now we're like holding it all in. So, okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you the story.
0: Jump right in.
1: All right. And let me preface this with saying everyone has their own theories on blogging and everyone has their own theories on SEO. So keep that in mind. But um, I had, it was the end of the day. I'd gone upstairs. I was watching TV. Andy was downstairs, very proud of herself because she had been blogging and writing content as she always does. She tends to do that a lot at night. Cause she has peace and quiet because I'm not bugging her and I'm watching TV. So that's her free time to get some. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. She does her best work when I'm watching TV because then she knows I'm not going to come by and go, what you doing, cutie? You know, like um, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So I'm in bed. I've taken my melatonin. So I'm getting ready to fall asleep. And she's like, Oh, by the way, I um, updated the po- this post and I put all these um, links because I remembered we had all these recipes and I was like so pr- and she was so proud of herself and I was like what are you talking about and she told me and I jumped out of bed literally I can't run I have a weird thing birth defect with my knees so I'm doing my version of running up the stairs hollering <laughs> up because one of our employees actually lives with us and um, which is a strange story to itself but I'm hollering up to her late at night. It's almost midnight. Tabitha, Tabitha, get to your computer. And Tabitha's jumping up and running around the house like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, get to your computer. We've got to fix this thing before Google indexes it. So what happened was we have a, um, a very large website that is our primary website. And then we have started a new website, a secondary website that technically is well it's in the same food category so it's a food website okay and um so we have we own a large very very large food website in some standards small which is amazing
0: by the way i use their website for all sorts of questions that i have regarding i do i do (laughs) i hope that we give you good answers you do i i love the um i especially love looking for things like what can i substitute x for Y. (laughs) Oh,
1: it's so funny that you say that because that is um, a new a category that we're currently working on updating this year. Just oh. updating how the, the articles are stylized really is what yeah. it comes down to. And just okay. rechecking our accuracy on everything. Um, but it's funny. That's an aside. So anyway, yeah. here's what had happened. In blogging, there used to be a long time ago this thing called a PBN. Have you ever heard of that by any chance?
0: No. Okay. I immediately imagined peanut butter.
1: <laughs> yeah, know. no. It's, it's funny that you say that. Andy calls it the peanut butter network. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's See? actually called... Me and
0: Andy, we're like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You too. So it's actually called a private blog network. And it okay. is a bad thing. Oh. And so I'm going to explain some rules about blogging here. There was a time, maybe 10, 12 years ago, when... Let me back up a little bit further. One of the biggest things, even though Google says it's not true, we all know it's true. It just, there's no arguing about this. Backlinks to a website are what builds up the authority of a website. And the more authority that a website has, and in this case a blog, but I'm going to say website, um, has the higher it ranks on the first page of Google. Generally speaking, that's true. And so years ago when Google didn't have a good method for determining where the links were coming from or the story behind a link to a website, people would build what's called a private blog network. And what they did was they would, they had their primary blog like our blog and they would build secondary blogs that were kind of fake blogs. Basically they put some genuine content up there, but not a lot. They weren't trying to build these blogs up the whole purpose was to build backlinks to your primary blog. So they would build up these little blogs. They might have 10, 20 pages on them. And um, they would randomly link to your primary blog. And people would just build, imagine that your blog is a circle. And then there's a circle of other blogs around it. And the only purpose of those blogs is to build up backlinks to your primary blog. Okay. Hence the the, um, private blog network, right? All right. Okay. So... Google has created, has worked really hard to identify when this is happening, and they created a new algorithm, because Google runs on hundreds of various algorithms, and they created a new algorithm called Spam Brain, because those kind of backlinks are spam, right? Okay, okay. And they are fake, because if you're the person linking to your website, then all you're doing is trying to build up your website, right? That makes sense, yeah. Right. So it's really, really bad. And so when you had, when I built the new food website, because I'm going from a, going after a different concept of the food blog, but still related. So when we started the new food website, I had mentioned to everyone that um, the two sites can never cross because we don't want Google to think that we are trying to build a private blog network. right? Right, right. Because the problem is, you don't just lose your new website over it. They will give you a penalty, a Google penalty, which basically de-indexes your whole site for your primary site. Oh, my gosh. So it's like death. And yeah. Body, right? And so you can technically recover from a um, Google penalty, but it's not easy. And in the process, you're basically dead in the water. And since this is our primary source of income, um, cooking chew, it's very important that we don't do any bad backlink building or link building to cooking chew. And so here we are. And here's the problem. I took all of my SEO and blogging knowledge to create our new website. And it's doing oddly spectacular. Oh, And I know that's fantastic, right? Except for in this instance, the thing is there's this thing called the Google sandbox and it's a controversial concept, but generally speaking, when you build a new blog, it can take several months or so for it to start, for Google to start indexing your site. Okay. Well, for some reason, when we first started immediately, my first article was in the top 10 on Google within 24 hours. And ever since then, Google has been indexing our site, our new articles on that site within a few hours. So we had, she had published that site like at seven o'clock at night and she was telling me about this at midnight or that article. So a few hours had already passed and she had put in, it was a really short article that Mm -hmm. basically had, without joking, 20 links to recipes on Cooking Chew. Oh, my goodness. And the total word, I mean, to make it even worse, the total word count other than those links was about 300 words. It's also the shortest article. So you couldn't do anything more spammy looking. Right. Like, the fifth article published on our new site had nothing but 20 links to... Oh, my gosh. I know. And so
0: we got, thankfully... Let me, let me ask you a stupid question no, real go quick ahead. because there the, no the blogging, like blogging world, website building, all of that is like way above my pay grade. Like that's mm-hmm. why I ask you stupid questions, you know? Yeah. But when, so you had mentioned that, um, Google has been indexing your site within a couple of hours is, is it not a standard like schedule for indexing or? No. Oh, Okay. So Google can just like if if it knows that you've got new content then it determines, oh yeah, let's go ahead and index this site now.
1: Right. I mean, I have there's a there's we built our site on WordPress, where, uh-huh. and I used Yoast SEO, which is just okay. a plugin, and it automatically creates a sitemap. And Google, I then created a Google Search Console where I said, here's my sitemap for this new website. So now Google knows the website exists, it has access to the sitemap, and theoretically, um, it will crawl the sitemap whenever it decides to, maybe daily, whatever, right? Um,
0: and check the But you have no it. idea how often it does that. It's it's more of a guess.
1: Right. I mean oh my gosh, people that's than me might know more about terrifying. that. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So but the thing is, on a new website, normally you have to go tell Google, here's the URL to my new blog post. Will you please, pretty please, crawl it and index it? And just maybe kind of consider it, right? Okay. Um, because new web- Google doesn't know, A, it doesn't trust the website, right? So it right. doesn't know if it's worthy because Google only has so much computing power and people are publishing by the second,
0: constantly, you know, yeah. constantly.
1: I mean, I don't even know how many um, things are published on the internet these days. Um, every single day, it's got to be in the billions and without exaggeration. And so, right. Google doesn't usually take the time to expend their uh, call, their crawl credits towards a brand new website. But for some reason, our website is getting our new baby, tiny little baby. I don't even think it has 10 articles yet. As I'm speaking to you, I don't even think it has, it might have 10, but I don't think quite 10 yet. Mm hmm. Um, and it's already indexing it without me asking that's outrageously unusual yeah. and um, or at least in my world that's outrageously unusual somebody listen to this go wow oh, that happens to me all the time and if that, that's true email me because um, I want to know more but um, so I was paranoid and I thought that she had just taken down cooking too um, oh
0: my gosh <laughs> yeah I can't even imagine the stress and anxiety that you were feeling in that moment when you heard her. And, you know, Andy, that was that was so great of her to, like, take the initiative and do Mm -hmm. this new thing without knowing that it was actually not the best thing to do. (laughs) Well, and, you know, that that is a dramatic
1: story that thankfully we caught it in time and everything's fine. But because you got to it
0: before Google indexed it. Absolutely. But yeah. you know,
1: the other thing about the story is after the fact, the next day, we, we talked about it. And Andy set me down and she said, you know, the problem is, she said, I do know that you had mentioned it, that that was a thing, but I mm-hmm. didn't understand. And she said, because you're so nice, in the way that you approach things, you make it sound optional sometimes. And she said, oh, and we're going to grow this business and we're going to expand to other sites. She said, you have to learn to be more, more firm. You have mm-hmm. to be very clear with people that this is a fireable offense, for example. You know, if you make these mistakes, these are things that absolutely cannot be done. And if they are done, then they're a firewall offense. Because, for example, she brought up, and I think we've talked about this already, the permalink issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't think to tell people how important it was to not change a permanent
0: link. Right.
1: And so therefore I couldn't really hold people accountable, but the impact on our business this year has been tremendous, extreme. I mean, it almost mm-hmm. destroyed our business. So this is the second time that something that I knew, but, and I had mentioned, but I wasn't being clear
0: enough. Right. Or right. Right
1: firm enough um, that that's the second time something like that's happened that I knew better. And so we had to have a team meeting, of course, and explain it. Sure. And I told the team, some. I, I got more firm with the team than I've ever been. I was like, these two things are fireable offenses without question. If e- either one of these things happen moving forward, immediately you're fired. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard to do. Yeah. Um, of course, I can't fire my wife, but um, <laughs> but it's also really important because she's having to make decisions and do, do stuff all the time, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely.
1: It's really important that we make clear how important, when something is dire,
0: mm-hmm. you have
1: to make it clear.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And so that's been a tough lesson learned.
0: Well and see, so you're you're talking about this situation happening and of course my brain automatically goes into, ooh, let's fix this. Like, how do we avoid this in the future? You know? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden my my thought process is immediately, Oh, well, operationally, like, how can I make recommendations on how to change it? So obviously you've already um had the hard conversations, you've already done the work, right? Yes. But for, for other people that are listening, this is a great example of why it's so important in your business to have standard operating procedures and not just, not just SOPs, but like documented SOPs and then breaking it down into like purpose. What is the purpose of this SOP, right? And mm-hmm. then You go into your provisions, like what are the tools you need in order to complete this task? And then policy, that's the most important part of the SOP because the policy are the rules. So these are the things that it has to have, or these are the things that you have to do. And these are the things that you have to avoid or you cannot do. So the, the policy section breaks out all of the requirements of you know, what should be done and what can't be done when you do mm. this. And then obviously you go into the process, um, which is like the big picture view. And then the the actual procedure is the step-by-step, like step one, go to this URL. Step two, log in. Yeah. <laughs> so like just in my head, I've, I've got this like document, which is our SOP template. And that's how it's all broken out. Like all the different P's. Mm -hmm. Each P is very important, but that policy section, to me, that is the most important part because that's how you can make clear to everyone, even if it's something that you don't explain, um, it is in the documentation already. Like, these are the things that it should have. These are the things that it cannot have ever.
1: Right. So let me ask you a question about that. So in this circumstance... Every Every day basically is the same, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's been with us for well over a year. Some people have been with us for five years. And everybody's job is the same every day. Right?
0: By the way, uh, golf claps, you know, huge <laughs> kudos for having such a high retention rate for your team members.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, but here's my question. How, do, do you have the team members, they have their job memorized, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're not looking at their checklist every day because they have it memorized and they do the same checklist every day. How do you get people, should they still
0: use a checklist? Even Absolutely. Though, yes. How do you get someone to do that? So here's, cause I have learned, I actually did this recently with a client, okay. um, I, in my head, I was like, "I know how to do this task. Like, I can do this with my eyes closed. No big deal, mm-hmm. right?" So I was going through the steps of setting up a new timer okay. using a tool that we have used before, but I skipped a step. Like, I completely skipped skipped a step that was actually the most important step <laughs> because in my head, I was thinking, "Oh, I know how to do this. It's not a big deal." And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. And I spent hours troubleshooting it, just like oh, driving my myself insane, thinking I'm not this dumb, right? Like there must be something wrong with the tools. So I'm looking up like their help knowledge base. I'm, you know, getting ready to reach out to their support team and get like help with it. And then what I did was I sat down and I went through, The SOP, like I went through the instructions step by step. And that's when I realized, oh, I skipped step four. And step four, right there, clear as day, it says, this step cannot be skipped. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a dumb moment. Um, I did I completed the step and then it was fixed. Like everything was resolved. So the, the three hours I had spent just agonizing over what have I broken mm-hmm. could have been avoided if I had just followed the checklist because I was thinking that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And in a way I did, I I knew what I was doing, but I skipped a step. And so um, the way that my business manager has set up our stuff. So all of our project management tasks or all of our our project management um, organization tool is ClickUp, and okay. so inside of ClickUp, you can create a task, and then within those tasks, you can have subtasks. And the beauty about it is, um, if if they require subtasks that other people need to handle, like they can be divvied up, mm-hmm. and and you can put. Um, like, uh, blocks on the task. So like you cannot move on to the next task until this is done by this person or whatever. Um, so it makes it very granular, but what I, what I love about it is the fact that, you know, um, for like for our VA, here's a great example. We have a, a weekly check-in task. That's all it is. It just, it's one task, weekly check-in, and it's a checklist. Because for our VAs, you know, we don't control what they do every single day, but they know what needs to be done every single day. And mm-hmm. so we've got it broken out into daily and then there's like a checklist and, you know, daily checklist, check emails. The second checkbox is um, uh, process the tasks inside of active campaign and then the next task. So we've got like daily, weekly, and then as needed. And that is the checklist that we provide to our VA they have to fill it out at the end of the week and then um, if they came across any roadblocks like that's part of the description of the task too like please let us know if you had any difficulties please let us know what didn't work this week please let us know what held you up Um, or let us know what worked really well so we get weekly feedback oh (laughs) oh scared me. There is chaos in my house. That that was the puppy. She was trying to play with the cat. Oh, it was the cat again. It was the cat that, last week. Yes, yeah, she got scared. So oh, Poor BB. Cats are so scary. Yeah, sorry about that. She just, yeah, she... So we got a puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Just to completely segue, like, let's make a hard left turn here. Yeah. Um, We got a puppy last week. And she, when we got her, she was 12 weeks old. So she's 13 weeks now. So she is a puppy. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's learning, you know, she's learning. um, We're training her on crate training. She, we're, housebreaking her we are socializing her with the other pets and things like that um and so far like usually our cat likes to hide whenever there's a new animal brought into the house like we don't mm-hmm. see her for days at a time yeah. but um but this time around she's been hanging out like she's like okay this it's not a very big new animal it's a it's slightly bigger than her, but, you know, I guess to her, she's like, oh, it's about the same size. Like, I'm not scared of it. I'm wary, but I'm not scared. And um, all the puppy wants to do is play with her. She's, She just wants to play with her so bad. Yeah. And our cat is like, no, no, I'm a cat and I'm a little bitch. <laughs> so um, oh. I, I will let you nuzzle me, but if you nuzzle me three times instead of two times and that's it. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going to tell you what my limit is. That's right. So that's, that's so funny. I know. I know. So the poor puppy, she's just sorry if everybody uh, went deaf <laughs> just now. <Yeah. laughs> uh, <sighs> maybe, maybe we'll edit that. Like we'll,
1: we'll soften edit that, that part out. Yeah. Or, soften, or, it, soften it. Yeah. That, soften yeah. it.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, cause that's the other thing. Like um, I think we've talked about it before. We don't want to heavily edit these podcast episodes because we want to show you guys what happens. You know, like this is, this isn't an unusual thing. Like I will have zoom meetings or phone calls, you know, I'll be on conference calls. And then that kind of chaos happens in the background. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just part of my day. Like it's not anything unusual and it's, it's, it's the, the day in the life of a, an entrepreneur. That's true. Like you have your work chaos and then you have your home chaos. And uh-huh. if you work from home, they overlap. That's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Yes. Very so, so once again, apologies for anybody who uh, had to like throw off their headphones or whatever when they heard oh, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. Okay. So that's interesting because the reason I ask this is because like, I'll give you an example. Um, We use Trello, by the way, we've tried to move to ClickUp. We would love to move from Trello, but it turns out moving tools is huge deal. It is. Yes. Because when you export from Trello, it doesn't export. um, I think it's, I can't remember now, but I think it's the comments. So it basically no, exports okay. the the title of your card mm-hmm. and that's it. And the comments is where everything lives. That's where we put all of our notes and everything right. about in our all history. So now that we have 3,000 articles worth of history in Trello, we're stuck. And we can't come up with any good way to leave it. And so everybody else is on ClickUp and it looks like it would really be useful, but at the same time, um, Trello is very visual, which mm-hmm. I think you can, do, can't you do Kanbans with ClickUp too?
0: You sure can, yes, not you not. can change the yeah. views, yep.
1: Yeah. We were gonna go to ClickUp and we, we
0: just can't figure out how to do it. So here is here is the biggest thing that I have learned when working with different companies and using these different tools and getting mm-hmm. basically getting the team on board with it, right? Um, it's all about simplifying. So a lot of these tools, you can do so many things with them. There's so many features and automations and, you know, like really cool things that you can Mm -hmm. do with these tools, but it's so easy to think, oh yeah, I'm going to use all of the features available to me. And now you've overcomplicated it to the point that it's, it's a whole other job just to keep the task or the project updated. And so
1: that's what I I was going to say. Yeah. Keeping
0: it very simple is, is the best way to approach it. Even if it's something as silly to some people as here's a weekly task that recurs, like that's the automation. Mm -hmm. It recurs weekly, whether you've hit done or not, it'll populate a new one. But inside of that task is a checklist, like a very simple checklist. Sometimes that's what you need. That's all you need.
1: Well, that's what I was about to say. So what we did is that we actually created checklists inside of Trello.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they're really great and we love them. But the problem is get trying to use them sometimes. And here's an example. So like we have, I think, hold on, I'll tell you the exact Because I've been meaning to look all day. We have... 2,876 articles published. Okay. Okay. On cooking chip. And um, we published them. Some design changes need to be made. They're pretty minor. Just some Mm -hmm. simple stuff that we need to do. So right now, our WordPress guy, when he doesn't have new content to load, he's going through and updating every single article. He started at article one, and he's going all the way through. And what he's doing is very repetitive and very much the same. So I don't even have a checklist for him because I don't think he would actually, I think he would do the work then just check, check, check. So Mm -hmm. I'm relying on him to do the work properly because he's doing the literal same steps over and over and over again. So in that case, what do you recommend for somebody that's going to do the exact same thing 2,800 times spread across three months?
0: Well, I mean, like I said, I, I would still provide a checklist because when it comes down to it, like what with any team, whether it's corporate, you know, a, a corporate where you're in an office and you're working physically with other people or a virtual team like how mm-hmm. yours and mine are set up, you want to make sure that everybody understands exactly what it is that they're doing and how they're contributing to the company, right? Like that's, that's how you keep motivation up. And that's one of the reasons why especially in the the digital space, um, you hear all of these stories of my VA ghosted me and is not responding to any of my emails or whatever. And this is what they do. And it's like, okay, but is that all they do? Like, do they know exactly what they're doing? And what it comes down to is there was never a clear job description or clear expectations from the beginning. Now, mm. I know you don't have that problem because you have such great communication within your team and your company. Um it, especially with, you know, the way that you guys work together. By the way, mm-hmm. she introduced me. Renee introduced me to Kumo Space and I am obsessed with it. I love it so much. It's a virtual workspace and oh, it's, it's a blessed. it's a great way to just, you know, kind of glance into your virtual workspace and see, oh, like Sarah's here. Um, I have a quick question for her and she's available. So let me just go in there. So instead of sending a chat or an email saying, hey, are you available in the next five minutes? I can literally like drop into her office and Uh with my microphone on and be like, hey, are you in here? And she can respond. Yes, I am. Okay, I have a quick question, and then get that question resolved right away, just like you would in a real office. Anyways, once again, hard <laughs> left. <laughs> but when it comes to um, when it comes to team members who do the same thing over and over and over again, it is still really important to have a checklist that they can reference, even if they're not physically checking it off. Mm-hmm. It's it's a point of reference for them to remind them, because that's the other thing. The less that you have to rely on your own memory or your brain mm-hmm. to think about, okay, this is what I I do, these 10 steps in this order, if you don't even have to think about it and you can just glance and be like, yep, I've done that, yep, I've done that, yep, I've done that, then you know that the quality and the consistency is always there. So instead of approaching it from the standpoint of I need you to fill out this checklist it, it's a very simple, like, here's your checklist of things that you need to make sure are done when you review these blog posts or when you edit yeah. these blog posts or whatever it may be. So it's a reference. Okay. Um, but once again, it's about that communication of this isn't to say that I don't trust that you're not doing all the steps. This is to make it easier for you so you don't have to think about what you may or may not have missed.
1: Got it. Because it's a
0: reference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And by the way, I just wanted to say the reason that we wanted to move away from Trello, Trello is super easy, but it's lacking certain features. Um, I don't have any of them on the top of my mind. I will say (laughs) that out loud. But it was lacking certain features that we were really hoping that we could um, use. And also, as we got past 3000, it started running much slower, too.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so we were really hoping that something would run faster.
0: So th- that's another thing. I was going to say that's another thing. Um, we become very dependent on the different tools that we're using, right? So we have information living in many different places. And that is, yeah. that is part of like whenever I do my audit, the first thing I ask is where is your mission control? Now, I have been given the nickname Mission Control with one of my <laughs> clients, which yeah. um, I loved. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I, I love that you yeah. call me Mission Control. So um, it got to a point where I, I don't know if they even remember my name. They just,
1: hey, That's Mission Control.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, where is your Mission Control? And what I mean by that is where is your central hub? Where are your headquarters? Where everything lives Because the tools that you're using, so something like ClickUp or Trello or whatever, Mm -hmm. if your central mission control, if your headquarters are, let's say it's Google Workspace, right? Mm -hmm. If that is your headquarters, that means everything lives inside of Google Workspace. And then everything in Trello or ClickUp or Monday.com, like whatever Mm -hmm. tool you're using, points into where it lives inside of Google Workspace. Right. So once again, you're using these tools as your reference, directing it back to your mission control, Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: that is where all the information actually lives.
1: Right. Yeah. It's funny you say that, because this is one of the things that Andy and I have talked about a lot. Like, there are a lot of historical notes that are crucial to a specific article in the Trello comments. But all of the the article info itself and all of that is in, like you said, in Google, right? In our Google mm-hmm. workspace. And we, we started wondering if we should have, because every article has its own Google folder. And mm-hmm. so we started wondering if we should be putting those notes in a Google document in that Google folder so that no matter, that way we would be tool agnostic. But But then we realized it would be outrageously annoying and time sucky to do that
0: so yeah yeah I mean once again it depends on like how you're utilizing so if I'm understanding this correctly excuse me um you're saying that a lot of like inside of your Trello comments you have very specific um very specific information about what should and shouldn't be changed in that article right
1: well, more like, um, let me see if I can even give you a live example. Is it
0: more procedure related?
1: No, it's more specific to like, um, here's who worked on it. Here's who did what. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's when they did it. And here are the keywords that we decided to focus on. Here's what we removed from this article. Here's what we, um, it, it varies a lot. And like when we, it has, when we, last updated it when we,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, literally everything important about the success of the article. Right. That's how I would think of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, so once again, like. by this person on this yeah. date.
1: And here are the things that we said that needed to be changed before we publish it. Things mm-hmm. like that.
0: So is there, you said that you have a, a folder for every single article inside of Google workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a reason why you're not using, like, the comments inside of the document? Is it it because that becomes a little too tedious? Like, it's just easier to use the Trello comments in order to organize those types of updates?
1: Yeah. Going back and forth to the document itself would open up a lot of opportunity for mistakes as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Because once the document's been improved, we don't really want to changing things inside of the document right um and plus there's a lot of things that happen outside of the the words themselves it's you know social media stuff and um, so everything that's happened to that article whether it's being shared um and who did each task so each article you know there's a lot that happens before an article is published and who approved it who looked at it when did they approve it um what did they approve when did they share it um who wrote it, who published it, who edited it. There's just so much that happens. It's, it's pretty funny, actually. Blogging is really stupid. Um, <laughs> it's not stupid. Well, I just well, mean as much just as far as how much
0: is involved. Yeah. So I know that um, like what you're describing, if you share a Google document, I know there's a chat feature. Mm-hmm. That's suddenly available. So I know you can, like, um, you can make comments inside of a document and then it's tagged and timestamped with the user that had made that comment or edited or whatever, right? But um, but when you share a document, it actually, you, you should have a chat feature when people are in it. And then it timestamps, like, the chat similar to how Trello comments would be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that would require you to just, like, switch. Yeah. Like, switch, completely switch how you're currently doing things from one tool to another, and then, once again, you still have the issue of, well, what about the historical information? Like, do you just keep Trello specifically for archival documentation, or do you transfer all of that information into into Google Workspace, or whatever it may be? I, I mean, mm-hmm. it really... It's got to be one of those things like we'll need to see how everything ties in together and figure out the simplest way to combine the information into where you want everything to live like into your mission control space. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And
1: and it's funny <laughs> because every time we go through this, we end up just being like let's stay with Trello. Yeah. Yeah. We have and spent we have dedicated like entire weekends to where we just ordered food and did nothing but discuss this topic and work through what the move would look like what's really important yep and every time we do that this should be a Trello should be sponsoring this every single time we do that Trello is where we stay
0: yeah so that's actually a really big reason why a lot of people don't move because the the idea the thought of migration is daunting and it is, it is a lot of work, but there is a, there is an easy way to do the transition. Once again, it requires a lot of like pre-planning. So the, the fact that you guys are sitting down having these discussions, like what would it look like to do X, Y, and Z? What would it look like to transition all of this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what would be the, what would be the biggest roadblock? What would be um, the, the easiest way to do, you know, like, the fact that you're already having those discussions is fantastic because you are working through the project of migration, yeah. which yeah. usually that's ju- that's on like me and my team to figure out. Right. So right. the fact that you guys are having those discussions to begin with, like, I think that's amazing. Well, so once again, golf claps. Kudos
1: to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of I mean, part of that is because I've worked with you and I've thought been able to think, you know, I've learned from you. So, and I think in the, I think in the end, what ends up happening is that we see some new shiny tool that other people are using and we're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, would our life be better? Would we have higher ranking posts if we did that? The answer's no. No. You know, Um, and so we end up- The tool has
0: nothing to do with it.
1: I know. So in the end, everybody likes this tool. We've pulled the team. We've had team members, we've even gone as far as having different team members test out different tools, like Mm -hmm. setting it up to try to use it. And in the end, we just all prefer Trello.
0: Yeah. And well, then if that's what you prefer, that's what you stick with. I say I don't I know. move.
1: I know. It's just I keep thinking maybe I could get something better or faster. But in the end, that's not really – it's just a distraction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely exactly what it is. When when a new tool comes out, it's it's the shiny object syndrome. Like, it's – it's new, it's flashy. It's the new toy basically. And then, um, you know, you see it with social media all the time, new social media platforms come out all the time and it's the shiny new toy for about a week. And then after a week, it's like, okay, well, did it fizzle out or is Mm -hmm. it, does it actually have some sticking power? And, um, the, the way that, certain platforms, tools, companies, the the reason that they become successful seemingly overnight is because of that stickiness factor. You know, it's like, well, what problem did it solve and did it solve it quickly for a high volume of users? So for your team, if Trello is is your go-to tool. Like everybody likes to use it. Everybody thinks it works great. And then you see a shiny new object or a shiny new tool that you're like, let's play around with this. And then Mm -hmm. everybody else is like, no, the learning curve is too high. The migration is too much work. Like I can't see myself logging in and using it. Then, yeah, there's no reason to spend any more time trying to force, what is it? Force a square peg into a round hole. Round hole, yeah. Yeah, so – just just stick with the tool that's working. If it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that's true. And then the thing I realized too is as we started
1: the new site, um, we had a good we have a good system. Mm-hmm. So how our system for creating content and getting it published is obviously highly functional because we've published almost three thousand on cooking. Yeah,
0: food. that's so, huge.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous, but. Um, I just can't believe that's where we are, but um, it works really well. So whenever it was time to start a new website, I sat down and I thought to myself, well, this would be my chance to switch tools. But then I realized it's the same team. So why would I switch tools on the same team that's functioning highly productively um, with these current processes? So I just repeated the process for for the new sites.
0: I mean, yeah, once again, if it's yeah. working, keep yeah, doing know. that.
1: <laughs> I know. And, it, and by the way, that's kind of frustrating because I think that one of the things that um, our digital entrepreneurs like to do is test new tools. And that's a lot and more fun than getting work done.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, once again, it's it's a shiny object, right? Shiny right. object syndrome. It, it is a distraction. So yeah. I I myself... I'll be the first to admit that I get distracted by shiny new toys all the time. Like mm-hmm. I want to try the new thing. I I want to see what it's like. But what I have learned is okay, what I need to do is watch a demo. Like that that's that should be my time commitment. My time commitment yeah. to to try out a new toy or tool or whatever mm-hmm. is okay, let me watch a demo. A YouTube demo whatever sales demo they have on their site whatever it may be like that's that is the commitment that i've made to myself that's that's the time commitment i'm willing to to make in this new tool or toy or whatever right. and and if i'm watching it and it doesn't feel like it's going to bring in revenue
1: mm-hmm. immediately
0: then then it's like okay well then that is a later thing that is a not right now yeah it's not a never it's just a okay let me shelve this and then we can actually add it to our team discussion so put it on the team call and be like hey is this a tool that everyone is willing to look into um and then you know we decide if we're going to make the time investment to look more into that tool or new thing Mm -hmm. and then um Yeah. And then figure out like the plan of using it moving forward. So, and sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes you have to find that tool. Like, Mm -hmm. is there a tool that does A, B, and C so that we don't have to use five tools to do A, B, and C? Right. But once again, that is a commitment that we make as a team. Like, okay, we need to find a more efficient way of getting this done. And then that's when we make that plan okay so this next week we're going to spend three days researching and you know doing demos or whatever and then we'll make a decision by the end of next week or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. but um yeah it is a discussion that happens and it is an intentional um what is it it's an intentional migration research what uh, utilization it it's it's very intentional it's not just this is new Let's look at it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just went through that last week because WordPress has gotten better and better as a tool. And their page builder, Gutenberg, has just gotten better and better. And when I first started cooking Chew, we, um, we used Thrive Content Builder. And it was a page builder that helped stylize content. And then um, that we had to stop using that And so then I found a less um, obtrusive tool that helped build the pages called Kubely. And Kubely is great. It's just a little plugin. It's really been fantastic. But now WordPress has gotten so good with their Gutenberg that I'm like, we don't even need Kubely anymore. So we ran a bunch of tests last week on effectiveness of whether or not we needed to use the tool, all of that kind of stuff. But making decisions like that that are micro, feel like micro decisions to some people on a site our size are major decisions.
0: Right. Yeah. Tremendous
1: testing and um, analyzing the impact of it. And it's just so funny how all of that kind of stuff, just simple little tools, you really have to think through um, the impact of making small decisions.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you said, to everybody else, that may seem like a small decision, but it's a huge decision for you and your business. Oh, absolutely. So, so every every approach is unique for every business because the needs are different. So um, like the priorities. So for me, like for our website, I probably wouldn't even put that much thought into it. Just, oh, there's an update here. Let's update it. No big yeah. deal. Right. Oh, but yeah, we probably. also, we do not... Um we do not rely on our website to bring in revenue, right? right? So, so we, like our website is just there because every company has a website and I'm like, I need somewhere that I can point people to where they can book a call or they can, you know, they can ask for more information or whatever it may be.
1: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> that, no, it's that not is,
0: the same. Yeah, so that is the point of our website. So it's not a priority for me, but for you, like that is your revenue generating tool like that is how you generate revenue. so that's a huge impact to your business it's not a big impact to mine
1: (laughs) right exactly like if a wordpress come update comes out um that's a big deal we don't update wordpress just because a new wordpress update came out we wait until our ad network has tested the update and then our host has tested the update and everyone gives us the all-clear And then we
0: update, you know, and we
1: hold our breath and we only update at a certain time of day. (laughs) And, you know, all of those kind of things are huge ordeals. Yeah. And then
0: for me, me, it's like I get a notification saying there's a WordPress update. And then I'm like, all right, let me go in. I'm going to back up my website. Okay. It's backed up. All right. Let's do the update. And that's our update's there. (laughs) That's all I do.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And it's just funny how it all depends on what, you know, what, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. So... That's 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 everybody's reminder. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, so yeah. So,
1: that's my story. And um, we removed all those links from the article. And Google indexed it. uh, Oh, irony. Irony of all ironies. Um, Like I said, that Google has been indexing all of our content like crazy fast. Mm -hmm. This happened well over a week ago now or just about a week ago now i guess and um just today google finally indexed that article oh my god <laughs> so they didn't even index it the same day wow like all the other articles every other article by the way on the site oops, article we published yesterday indexed oh, published that's it last insane. night indexed this morning but that article took 10 days to index
0: and see and you were freaking out freaking that first day out. <laughs> yeah so, oh my goodness. I but know. see, if you hadn't taken immediate action, like without fail, that would have been the time where Google's like, I'm going to index this site. Oh, absolutely. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: no, I mean, I, I definitely made the right decision to react the way I did. Yeah,
0: totally. Um,
1: <clears throat> but it's just funny how that one took forever to get indexed.
0: Oh good. Well, I feel like I have closure now, so I won't be okay. obsessing over the the cliffhanger that you left us on last time. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Oh my goodness! I'm like, could we leave them on a cliffhanger this time? I know. What, what would be? What would be a cliffhanger? Um,
1: no, not everything is that exciting.
0: I know. Well, thing there are excited. They're exciting to us. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something exciting for me right now. And all I can think is I want to go take a nap. (laughs) That's Hmm. exciting for me. My exciting news is I want to go take a nap because I'm so tired from the puppy and all of the things that we need to do for her. And there's just, you know, a lot of mental load. Ooh, you know what we could talk about next time? Um, Because it could be like, wait, have you seen the Barbie movie? I have. Oh, you have. Okay, because I was oh, going to yeah. say that that could be your homework. So, <laughs> I want to go see it again. Um, but there's so much from that movie that I just I, I can't not talk about it. Like, is that weird? Oh my god. So I, yeah. I said, oh, okay,
1: all right. So <laughs> all right, let's not get into this today too oh, much. No. But okay. here's the thing: I went to see this movie. At a theater (laughs) in the country, far northeast Texas in the Piney Woods, in a small little town, the same theater that I went to when I was a kid to see all the movies I saw when I was a little kid. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, um, Pinocchio, whatever it was, when I was a kid, same theater, and oh my god, do I have some thoughts about that. And um, let's just say... That you and I may love the Barbie movie. I would put it in the top three movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Of my favorite movies. But in the in more rural parts of the nation, it is not being well perceived.
0: Mm. So Aww. it was an
1: interesting experience of going there to see this movie.
0: Okay, there. That's our cliffhanger. So yeah. we will talk about your experience versus my experience because I am not in the I am not in the deep woods, small town. Like I'm basically like right on the edge of Mm -hmm. what is typically a smaller town, more conservative or whatever, and um, not so conservative. Like I'm on the border of that where I live out in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so we're not in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Well, and let me clarify – I'm. I'm
1: not either. I live in you know in in Dallas, so yeah. in the Dallas area. So it's not like I'm out in the middle of nowhere either. Right, I'm but, but where you went, yeah, where yeah. you
0: went to see it, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so where I am is is very much a, um, it it's a it's a purple area. Let's just right. say that. Right. It's very purple right here. Yeah. But you go thirty minutes north, and that is not so purple.
1: <laughs> right. It's an interesting state to live in.
0: It is an interesting state to live in. And, oh, okay. So we can, so next, the next episode, we're going to talk about the Barbie movie. Okay. Um, and, and I want to kind of tie that into, um, my whole, so I applied for citizenship. I am a green card holder. So I am, I am a resident alien, um, but I want to tie like my experience with going through that whole process or the application process. So that's just the application process. <laughs> yes. I want to tie that into the the themes and the things um, from the Barbie movie uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: because surprisingly there are connections there. Is that weird? I think that's weird. It's um,
1: pretty interesting. But I there are wait. absolutely
0: connections there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about it.
0: Yay! Yay. Alright, so I guess until next time. Thanks again for listening in. Oh look, this time we're only an hour
1: as opposed to our usual like hour and a half. I know. So <laughs> okay. we'll give you back your day. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed and 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 I'm going to go to bed and
0: I'm going to go to bed and 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 I'm going to go to go to bed and I'm going to go to go to bed and I'm going to go to go to go to bed and I'm going to